1: I get a little unsure of just like everyone else, you know, being in the spotlight sometimes. I feel like, oh, what if I don't deserve to be there? What if I say the wrong thing or I'm not good enough? That's terrifying to me. Welcome to Ladies First with Laura Brown.
0: I'm Laura Brown, editor-in-chief of InStar magazine. and Each week, I'm talking to a legendary lady about what she does, how she does it, and what we can learn from her. Today, my conversation is with Priyanka Chopra Jonas, a woman who burns so brightly, so fabulously, glamorously, and committedly, she really needs a rest. Priyanka Chopra Jonas.
1: Welcome. P. Hi. PCJ. Thank you.
0: That sort of sounds like a medical thing, but in a good one.
1: I've gotten used to it now and yeah. I kind of in, enjoy it. I'm like PCJ. People call me PCJ. It's, it's cool. It has a nice ring to it. It has a nice ring
0: to it. And you have a nice ring. So isn't that perfect? So welcome to Ladies First, where we talk to celebrate ladies like you who are first in what they do guess what? (laughs) I know, weren't you waiting for my validation? Because you've had no other validation in your life. I
1: needed it.
0: (laughs) But you always just thinking about, we met, and you are the only guest that I will be able to say this of, we met in a laundromat.
1: (laughs) We did. That was such a fun interview. I had so much fun with that one.
0: So I used to have this silly video show called Dirty Laundry, and you masochistically said you'd do it. And we ended up in this laundromat. And we didn't have never met. And, we, and then we finish off spooning.
1: <laughs> but you have this incredible quality of, you know, making f- people feel so comfortable the first time you meet them. Like I felt like I'd known you for ages, you know, and you do that with people. You're very good at it.
0: Mm, back at your bruv, which is what I want to get at is you. Also, look, I've, I've met some, some folks in the biz uh, in my life <laughs> and you struck me in that fateful day. That laundromat, as so unusual for somebody who was so well known, in that you're hugely self-possessed, number one, but really quite unself-conscious, in sort of, you don't come across as calibrated in what you say or in your reactions to things. Have you always been that sort of ball of self-possession, or is it something that you've grown into?
1: Oh, I've definitely grown into it. I'm still very guarded. You probably catch me at times where I I let my guard down because, like I was saying, you bring that out in people. But I'm very guarded. I've learned now almost 20, 21 years in the business. It's not easy. It's not easy to be out there and open and vulnerable and have people dissect and uh, pick apart your choices and your opinions. So I think, especially as a female in the business, I think you're scrutinized a lot more. So because I started when I was 17, I think I built a guard and I was very clear about what I would speak about and what I wouldn't and extremely guarded about my life. But I think it took me to getting on the other side of 35 to get comfortable with making a few mistakes and not being bound by them and you know, being okay with letting my guard down a little bit, even if my toes curl and the hair at the back of my neck stands up, but I try.
0: <laughs> After 35, you just wake up on your 35th birthday and we're like, you know what? Who cares?
1: <laughs> a little bit. I, I do think so. I think a little bit, it was a little bit like that. I suddenly was like, I'm just, I can't do it anymore. And you know, you can't live your life just protecting yourself from life. Life is messy and messy things happen. And it's okay. I, I'm done with the quest of perfection. I never had a quest of perfection, but I think subliminally you kind of you know, just being in this business end up being a lot more curated than you would like to.
0: Yes. Tell tell me, I mean, visually curated and what you say curated, what you social curated or, you know, it's all of it, isn't it?
1: All of it. Yeah, a little bit of all of it. Like it, it depends on your morning when you wake up on <laughs> what side of the bed and how you're feeling and whether you've had your coffee or not and you know, what that day is going to be like and whether you want to protect a side of you that you don't want people to see. It's just, there's so many factors that come into it. And I think show business is, it's so interesting because, I mean, there really is no business like show business, but eventually you just have to show up. There's no excuses. There's no, I'm having a bad day and I can't be on set or I'm having a bad day and I won't Show up on this carpet or this commitment.
0: Is that why you keep an espresso maker by the bed? Is that
1: true? <laughs> it's in my closet. Yes, by the bed is a little aggressive. So I. Just... <laughs> I would love it if it just an by the side of the bed. That's the thing. Sometimes the husband is asleep, so I was like, oh, I can't have it in my bedroom anymore, because I have like crazy four a.m. wake up calls sometimes and. He's still asleep, so now I moved it to my closet. So I shut the door and I start my espresso first thing in the morning.
0: <laughs> you like the evolution of man. Like you start crawling and then you get to the espresso and then you stand up.
1: And I stand up. <laughs> he, he starts like a fish and you crawl out of the sea. <laughs> it really is true. I'm not a morning person. I need a cup of coffee before I can have conversations.
0: <laughs> now, now tell me, like during COVID, so fun, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, London most of the time. How did you kind of oh, this is such an American uh, saying that how did you like net out of the time? Were you what were, what was your best and worst and what did you kind of go okay what was your your sort of edits that you experienced in your life?
1: Oh, this year has been really tough. It was really really tough to be away from home for an entire year, especially at a time when you can't travel to see your family just the uncertainty of my mom and my brother being in India, my husband being in America while I was in the UK. It's just, it was just so much uncertainty. And that to me was terrifying of not being able to just get on a flight and travel just in case something went wrong or something happened. But thankfully, you know, everyone was okay. And COVID Mm -hmm. has, it's been really rough on a lot of people, but we've been all right so I think what it really taught me was a little bit of gratitude but I've had rock bottom moments I know while I was in the UK even going for a walk seemed so dreary sometimes because all the restaurants would be closed and all the streets were closed and it felt so apocalyptic and I was just alone at home thankfully my pups were with me
0: oh god you were and how long how long for like how long were you you and Nick separated for
1: we didn't have like a dramatic um, separation, right. but because he was in and out, we had to be really careful. He had to quarantine. I had to quarantine whenever we saw each other at that time. And that's usually not conducive to a production schedule because you don't really have much time, you have like two days off. So it was all really tricky, but we managed and he flew down a bunch of times. I flew down a couple of times. My mom came and stayed with me for almost five months, which was really nice.
0: Wow. really? I wouldn't
1: let her go back. So you managed to get her. <laughs>
0: You know, you're like, you want to go? No,
1: so sorry. You want to come to changing her flight? <laughs> I was like, I don't <laughs> want to come back home alone.
0: So it's funny how all the things that you you question and you get twitchy about, but then sometimes how, how resolute you can, you can be and what you can achieve. And you know, with with your Give India that you launched for COVID testing research, etc. Right in India, raised how much total? About three
1: million. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, of course that money helped, but. With sheer size and demand that India required at that time, it was not even a drop in the ocean. But it's really amazing to see India's hit like a billion vaccine doses. So as a country, it's in a really good place as of now when it comes to COVID. So that's, fingers crossed, a really good thing.
0: And that's because of your visibility. And I was, I was just looking at your Instagram and I'm so sorry that you only have 69.5 million followers. Will you not be happy
1: until you reach 100? Oh, gosh. It's not my quest. <laughs> I mean, I'd be, it'll be really awesome and sweet and nice, but that's not what we're doing here. Just. I love Instagram. I love social media. I've always loved social for the fact that I have a direct ability to speak to people who are interested in me or inst- interested in what I have to say or curious about me. But at the same time, social does have its follies and... It can be really vile sometimes and you kind of have to pick and choose your battles with it.
0: I feel like when I'm watching you like use your like, anomaly hair care or whatever, that's the best day of your life. <laughs> how did you learn how to bring it? Because it's really convincing because I'm like, I need that.
1: <laughs> it only happens between action and cut. Trust me. I have very placid <laughs> energy in life otherwise. But when it comes to my work, when I need to turn it on, whether it's characters or whether it's an interview or whatever, I usually can because I think I've been trained now for so many years, like, you know, it's discipline, soldier mentality, you've got to deliver your commitment, you know, your your word is your bond. So I guess showing up is just something you do. I was thinking, you know, having started out in beauty pageants
0: as you did, in what way is life like a pageant? Pretty much
1: no ways at all. Maybe except for being nitpicked for every single thing that you are, that you do, that you look like, that you seem. Life is like a beauty pageant, (laughs) except you're judged for everything.
0: (laughs) Isn't that so wild? It's like, let's go back to beauty pageants where it's safe. (laughs) Oof. Oh, my gosh. I don't (laughs) think i would do it again. Oof. There was a Telegraph or something the other day. Got so much pickup when you were talking about, you know, falling for unrealistic beauty standards when you were younger. Tell me what you fell for and what was the first thing you said,
1: piss off. There were so many unrealistic beauty standards being like ridiculously skinny was one which kind of I didn't think about in my 20s at all because I had a crazy metabolism at that point as you do. Uh, So I've heard As, (laughs) as you do but more than that the equity on lighter skin in Asia for sure that was something that I fell for the fact that you have to be sort of Perfect. Your face has to be perfect. Your hair has to be perfect. You dress perfect. You speak perfect. You have to have the right opinion on everything. You have to say the right thing. I think that part was the first that I kind of was like, forget it. I'm okay being messy sometimes and it's okay. But it took a while. I think for a good 10 years, at least, while I was in the business, a good part of my 20s, I spent so much time trying to be what I thought was expected of me. And that's on me. I put a lot of equity on people's opinions of me. And I think it it got. I had to get to a place of finding confidence within myself, finding my feet on the ground and saying, it's okay, the earth won't shatter if I say something wrong or... I'm not a sum of my mistakes. And I think that once you start forgiving yourself and take off those expectations of yourself, it's just easier to be you and be okay with that.
0: Your business is a very presentational one. You know, it is literally a presentational one. You put on a dress, <laughs> yeah. slit here, slit there, bedazzled, and go on a, on a carpet and have people go, how have you been able to reconcile that when you're literally being presented? And what would you like? you know, the kids, the kids that go, wow, she just came out like that. I always say to to young girls, don't envy anyone. How do you sort of, you know, get through? Because you also enjoy it. I know you enjoy dressing up and that's, that's great. And you really give you have a good sense of occasion to you, which I think is
1: needed. I, um, I enjoy dressing up for an occasion like most people do, but that's not my career. My job is not red carpets and photo shoots. And my job is being an actor and it's being on set. And it's, being a vessel for art you know being a vessel to be able to tell stories and move people when people watch my work hopefully it makes them feel something and that's to me that's the essence of what i do i'm an entertainer everything else uh, is the fringe is like fun you can choose to do it you don't necessarily have to it doesn't really define you know, the work that I will end up doing. So I, I made that bifurcation very early in my life, that it was, you know, the glitz and the glamour and the, the sparkle and the glitter. All that's great, but eventually as an artist, that doesn't define you. It's the next job, and it's how much you move someone with the work that you do.
0: And sometimes, just to continue this metaphor, it's good to unzip the glitz and glamour and throw it on the bathroom floor. Oh. I do, very often, honestly. <laughs>
1: yeah. I love a carpet for a second. I really don't take them very seriously when I go on a red carpet. I have a great time. I love meeting friends and colleagues and people that you haven't met for a really long time because you don't end up meeting people very much after you've finished a movie, you know, unless you've like really... No, you go... Yeah, everyone goes on into their new lives. So I enjoy carpets tremendously. I always try and wear something I'm comfortable in. Fun, I always carry a change of shoes because I know that's going to get uncomfortable. (laughs) Do you little flat ones? Yeah, I do. (laughs)
0: <laughs> what sort of, What are they? Are they like little little slippers?
1: I have different ones for every dress so that they match. <laughs> Whenever I wear a dress, I wear a matching pair of flats. I mean, I take one with me.
0: Pro move. This precision. Chopra-like precision. But, uh, tell me, what is the biggest professional risk you've taken or would like to take?
1: Well, the one that I took was kind of putting a pause on my wildly, if I may say so, successful Indian career to take a chance in the States. That was at like in my early 30s. That was crazy because, you know, it could have bust up in my face and I could have lost both. That was very scary for me. It was a big, big professional risk when I chose to do music in the middle of everything. Now, the risk that I would like to take, actually, I'm very excited about doing this in the next few years is... I want to be able to unzip the glitz and glamour when it comes to the choice of work that I take on because I think I've had a very prolific sort of body of work back in India. I've done a lot of various kinds of characters, worked with incredible filmmakers. Uh, I've had the good fortune of being part of some amazing movies and to play a variety of characters. And I want to be able to do that here on this side of the pond as well. I want to be able to do parts that are outside of sort of the box that I kind of find myself in sometimes. What's the box? I think it's just really shiny and glittery and pretty and perfectly tied up. I want to be a little messy.
0: How do you work to get out of that? Obviously, producing things or so how how are you deliberately going, all right,
1: let's unzip? <laughs> Well, I'm someone who's had no trouble ever going after the work that I want. I work really hard to prove a point. I've done that multiple times to convince filmmakers that I have the ability to unzip the glitz and the glamour and be able to take on different paths. And let's see what comes of it. I have some really interesting things coming up for next year. And so let's see what comes of it. Oh, wow. See, so I'll be watching. Me too. <laughs>
0: how do you calibrate your energies like how do you take care of yourself right now you're doing a podcast and you're in freaking italy time look god love you how do you kind of in the immortal
1: words of pretty woman take care of you i actually haven't for many many years i'll be honest i haven't taken a break between projects for many years i go from one to the other because a lot of people don't realize this but There's no consistency in our profession. You don't know where your next check is coming from. It depends on, you know, the next job that you do. It depends on how it performs. So I've kind of learned this hustle, inherent hustle of constantly running. So I just don't know how to put a pause on it. But I have to admit that this year really, really has taken a toll on me. And I feel the need to come home and take a breath. And I feel the need to do that. I don't know. You've caught me in a moment where I'm trying to figure out if I should or if I should take on this new movie. What do you think? I think you should take a break. Because what you do, you
0: are constantly working. You're constantly going places. You're constantly launching. You know what I mean? You you launched a restaurant, Zona. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Plug for that. Delicious, by the way. And a hair care line uh, in the last year as well. And I know that feeling, though. but you think, yeah, the, being sort of relentless like that makes you feel more secure
1: maybe i think it makes you feel like you're constantly in charge of your life and you hold on to it so tight that it's hard to let go of and i'm trying to find the confidence within myself to be able to let go of the control that i've held on for such a long time and it's come to my work because i do think that i'm i'm just i'm tired honestly you know this year being away from home has been really rough and I'm hoping. I don't know. Let's see what it ends up. I'm also a very greedy actor, so I might just be on set in January and be like, hmm, Laura, that that podcast we did, you know, when I was talking about taking a break, not so much. You'd be like, who was she? I don't even know her. But who was this? I told you, you caught me in a moment, so don't hold me responsible.
0: (laughs) This She was a fraud, a dirty fraud. But how, do you, how does that work with like, with, with like you and Nick, like calibrating your own energies together? Because also like you've got your work and he's on tours. I'm sure you can see this in each other. I'm sure he can see this in you like, okay, maybe you need to stop. Like, is he good at seeing that in you and you in him? And how do you kind of keep, you know, keep your hull
1: firm, I guess? We talk all the time. We know each other's hearts and we prioritize each other in everything that we do. We've had individual careers and we're both very clear about never interfering in each other's professional lives because we're always partners and assets. We'll have an opinion on each other's thing. We'll be each other's champions, but those decisions are predominantly for both of us to take because we've built our careers by ourselves for such a long time. But I think at the same time, it's very important to keep a check on the other person's heart And, you know, how they're feeling and prioritizing that. And I have to say, my husband's amazing at doing that. You know, like I said, this year was hard for me being in London. He would just drop everything, come in for even like a day, just have dinner with me and fly back and stuff like that. You just have to prioritize each other and then everything feels right.
0: Absolutely. I was thinking about you were just saying about no overlapping in your professional lives. However, of course, you should insist to be in every
1: video going forth. (laughs) can you imagine if i had a, if i had a wife clause
0: <laughs> it could be like hi guys i'm back and they're go, like, oh jesus
1: <laughs> like, oh my god here she
0: is in a freaking jumpsuit again <laughs> <laughs> Can you just like walk on set and you'd be like sorry did anybody call me yeah you- oh sorry i thought i was supposed to be here <laughs> uh, you and no. sophie you and sophie just showing up and freaking bringing it and um how the jay
1: sister's doing I've been away for a very long time, so I think all of us have been sort of in our bubbles a little bit. Everyone is working. But as a family, I love hanging out with our family. We're a fun bunch. We had the best time with each other. And I just love the fact that my mom, my brother, and my in-laws are just a really great, they fuse together really well. And that makes me really happy.
0: Okay, what are you
1: ambitious for? I am very ambitious for a couple of things. I think the first thing right now, which I think would be a priority for me, is to, like I said, find parts that scare me, challenge me, make me nervous, and to work with filmmakers that evolve me as an artist. That's one. Second, I'm very ambitious about, as a producer, I want to be able to develop and tell really diverse, incredible stories that are also specific at the same time to India and South Asia. I, I really, really am very focused on that. I also am ambitious with, I guess, the businesses that I'm taking on. I'm very nascent at the moment.
0: Mm, nascent, good word. Thank you. Look at you, you're jet lag, but the vocab <laughs> is not suffering
1: thank god <laughs> everything else is a vocabulary <laughs> you're very nascent
0: <laughs> you're newly born go on
1: I'm very I'm a nascent business person but I'm also really curious about it you know founding brands investing in brands so I'm I'm dabbling in that a little bit I'm very ambitious it's, it's a fact
0: Welcome back to Ladies First with me, Laura Brown. I'm speaking with the utterly exhausted, but still utterly fabulous Priyanka Chopra Jonas. What are you most confident in, and what are you least?
1: What am I most confident in? In how I love. I'm a very loyal person in a relationship, whether that's friendship, family. I'm very confident in how I love. What I'm not confident in—that's <laughs> a long list. <laughs> Confidence is something I've always said you have to practice. It's not something you always have. You don't have to always be confident. It is very attractive, but everybody doesn't need to constantly have it. So what I'm not confident is I get a little unsure of just like everyone else, you know, being in the spotlight sometimes. I feel like, you know, what if I don't deserve to be there? What if I say the wrong thing or I'm not good enough? That's terrifying to me, is letting myself down in the expectations of people who have put me in this place. And I feel like when I walk on the set, I'm like, oh my gosh, what if I, I you know, this, I'd suck at this scene or it's scary. You're so known and
0: you're so famous. And whenever I comment on your Instagram, I feel like I'm touching a hot stove because it's just thousands of people will start reacting to it or, you know, so How have you reconciled the scale,
1: the sheer scale of people who have things to say? It used to affect my decisions a couple of years ago. I won't lie. I used to be very affected by what was said online, reactions to things that I'd posted. But I've pivoted my my mind. I enjoy social now. I put things out that I want to put out. I want to have a relationship with people who are interested in me not with the trolls and I'm only interested in people who want to spread love and have fun and enjoy it for the inf- ride of information that it is and whenever I go on yours I enjoy my conversation with 1 2 3000 people <laughs>
0: <laughs> me too oh I really enjoy that conversation with them and then it's like so and so commented so and I'm like hang on where's where's my life back I'm like <laughs> you stole my life how could you? How could you? With, but you know what? Heavy is the head that wears the crown and the luxurious hair. Isn't it, my dear? It is true. Isn't it, my dear? It okay, true. we do this thing. It's very jazzy. called 10 firsts, and it's super hard. You're not going to be able to take it.
1: You ready? Uh, it's really not hard. I'm scared now.
0: I don't think you'll find it challenging. Okay? <laughs> 10 firsts. All right, let's do it. Okay. First drink you order? Champagne.
1: Mm.
0: pink or regular
1: regular i prefer a good bubbly
0: so champagne whenever yes i think you know what champagne's on brand for you because again you have a sense of occasion you like to have a you yes know, ma'am you do
1: you always have one okay
0: first thing you do when you wake up i think you answered it but first thing you do sort of
1: mentally or first thing i do when i wake up i think is i was trying to look for another answer but i checked my phone it's it's the unfortunate truth. I check my phone and i see if, you know, the world hasn't collapsed while I was sleeping.
0: <laughs> and you're like, oh, no, it's just on the
1: brink. Okay, fine. I'm like, oh, what happened while I was asleep? And then I check that everything is okay. And <laughs> What's your exercise situation? What are you into? I have been training. I have to say this job, Citadel, that I've been doing, it's physically very, it's a lot of work. So I've been training and I've been doing a lot of Pilates, functional training. I feel like for the first time, I was actually this year very consistent with working out and I feel really good about it. What's that like? <laughs> Being consistent with working out? So weird. After years, I've done that. I mean, as consistent as I could be. I'm not saying this is like a five days a week situation. Right, I'm right, saying right. like even three days a week is fine. As long as you just consistently keep doing it. I felt such a sense of achievement, honestly, because I just saw the difference in my body. I felt like tighter, stronger. And that's what I was doing, working out for is not for weight loss or anything, but just to kind of feel strong and be able to do all the stunts that I'm doing on the show. So I, I feel really good about that. And perhaps a little more bendy. I'm very bendy. Oh.
0: <laughs> shh. Shh. Actually. I still have that video, the last cover sheet we did, and you were bouncing on my lap like a baby.
1: Yeah, well, your your lap is very comfortable and a lot of people have been there.
0: I love it. If ever I'm just, I just look, look back at it and you're like, ding, 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 I? Like, this looks innocent and also terrible, which is exactly how it should be. Okay. First person you call. My husband. How often do you talk on the phone? Like if you're apart or do you like more text or talk?
1: A little bit of both. I think, you know, when you're apart, it's really important to keep each other posted on what you're doing, whether the other person's available or not.
0: I guess you haven't been on any of the tour dates then?
1: Just one or two this year. Right, right, right. Yeah, that'll do.
0: That'll do. You've seen it before. Okay. (laughs) First joke you remember?
1: Oh, my gosh. None. I never remember jokes. What, What makes you laugh? Everything. I laugh, like, at anything. I find things so funny. I find the silliest things funny. And, like, I, I like laughing. I really enjoy it. <laughs> no, imagine, imagine if you're like, I, I don't love to laugh. But, I mean, there are days. There are days where I don't like humans. I don't like laughing. I don't like anything.
0: Which is okay, too. Which is okay, too. Okay, first fashion splurge. First thing you bought that you were like,
1: ooh. First fashion splurge. I think, and this was many years ago, but I think I bought a very original, but red Valentino bag, which was so expensive for me at that time. And I was just like, I'd finished this movie and I've got this big paycheck. And I was like, and this is 2001 or something like that. And uh, it meant a lot for me, to me. I had that bag for almost 15 years. Still have it. Do you have archives or something yet? Are Are you at archive stage? No, I'm in storage state. <laughs> That's when you just bullshit
0: and you say your storage is your archive.
1: Okay. Oh, sorry. Yes, yes, yes. My storage is my archive.
0: Learn from me. This is like, I think half the actors I talk to, yes, I have archives. All, it's like, this is a freaking self-storage facility. All my
1: shit is in storage. I have no idea where anything is, but I know it's all there because I'm a hoarder and I don't like throwing anything. What have been some of the favorite things that you've, you've worn? Oh, I've, so, I've worn some amazing you know, I've, I've had the good fortune of wearing some incredible designers. But one of my favorite outfits that I've worn has been my red Jason Wu Emmy outfit. That was It oh, was yes. blood red. And I just, I felt like the, you know, the dancing emoji. <laughs> and that's <what laughs> all I did in the carpet. I was just like, woo, having the best time. And it was amazing. I was in a really great mood. You know, the show had done really well. And I was just meeting people I knew and having a great time. And it reflected there was once I wore this amazing black Ritukumar sari, I think, as well. I think it was at the Marrakesh Film Festival. And it was just exquisite craftsmanship. And I love clothes. Yeah, the, the red dress. I remember I
0: remember the night a lot of people were going, it was really odd. Priyanka just kept walking around going, woo! <laughs> yeah, really odd. <laughs> she wouldn't put her arm down the whole time. She was like, Woo! <laughs> Come on, I've got more content for you. Please make yourself into an emoji. Someone will make you an emoji. Come on,
1: that's so funny. I'm sure. I'm sure it's already out there. I know, but you would bring it.
0: You would bring it as you bring it. Be like, I am so happy to be here.
1: (laughs) I am usually. I know. (laughs) Usually.
0: But that would be like. This could be the whole promotion for the whole show. He looks happy to be there. I am usually.
1: Somebody give me the truth serum. Not today, Laura. Today. <laughs> <Oof>. <laughs> it's oh fine. My it's so
0: funny. You always bring it enough. Don't worry. You, you just... <laughs> <laughs> okay. First time you owned your shit. As in first time you really, like, stopped for yourself or, like, I got this.
1: Oh, when I was very young. Um, maybe four or five I remember my dad used to sing on stage. He was a surgeon, but he, his first love was singing. So he used to do all of these like charity stage shows and stuff like that. And we had a rule that his first song, he had to look into my eyes and sing. This is me at four years old. And he didn't one time. And I walked off stage, like I walked off the audience. He had to go get off stage, come after me at four. Bring me up on stage you know, say, introduce me, say, this is my daughter, and, you know, sing the song to me on stage, and then I was placated.
0: Oh, at four. Okay, so obviously like, you, <laughs> you make Nick do this to you, right?
1: Oh, yeah, it's me. <laughs> I force him to do it. Oh, no. Sing in my eyes. My poor dad. <laughs> oh, you better look into my eyes. I know, my poor dad. That was really funny. My mom tells that story with lots of relish, I must say.
0: But you know what? There's a through line there. Somewhere, which is like, you know what? Focus. I'm here. I'm. I'm, I deserve this. You know what I mean? Look at this. It's a bit of PCJ life story. Don't take me for granted. I would never. I would never, and I I shan't. Okay. First thing you do or eat if you're stressed out:
1: bread. Mm. Any form of bread, pizza, burgers, roti, like any form of like I need sustenance. It's my downfall. Is bread.
0: But maybe it's it's what keeps you together, you know. It does, though. In LA, normally if you eat bread, there's normally a sniper, you know, um, know.
1: on a roof, ready right, <laughs> to shoot it right out of your cold dead hand. <laughs> I, I yeah, that's why it feels so wrong, but it feels so right. It feels,
0: we just do it in our home.
1: <laughs> Go in my closet. Don't worry,
0: I'm just having <laughs> espresso maybe on loaf of bread. bread. <laughs> First thing you turn on TV.
1: Law and honorists view. Mm. It's my go-to. It always, every time I turn it on, they catch the bad guy. Olivia Benson's awesome. Makes me feel really good that there's someone out there getting the bad guys. And then I go to bed. I love it.
0: And you know they've always been gotten, and there's no bad guys left.
1: I know, but no, There are many, many bad guys, but Olivia Benson will get them.
0: Okay. Um, Second
1: last, first date. My first date? Clearly wasn't very... Oh, memorable. (laughs) No, I came from a very conservative family. Dating was like a weird concept. You know, you kind of hide and go out with a guy. But don't consider it dating. Probably in high school when I, obviously my family didn't know about it, so I didn't consider it dating. But it was probably like Chuck E. Cheese or something. Grab a slice of pizza in Indianapolis. Yeah, ninth grade or something. Oh, when you were there, because I, I was like, there's a Chuck E. Cheese in India? Indianapolis, sorry. Yeah, Indianapolis, <laughs> close. No, oh, Chuck E. Cheese hasn't, yeah, Chuck E. Cheese hasn't gotten to India yet. Should, though. This is when I was in high school in Indianapolis.
0: Indianapolis, there's consistency with you. It's really important. <laughs> For a while, were you just like, I'll only go live in places with India in the name? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Just uh, just just two places in the world. Know, what the hell are you doing in <laughs> Los Angeles, then? Get out. Okay, <laughs> What will you do when you really, whether or not you give yourself, and this is your intervention because you should, time for yourself, but what would be the first thing you would do?
1: Honestly, I would put on some music and I would find a book I want to read and just sit outside under the sun and read. I haven't had the luxury in my mind to shut out the clutter to be able to focus on a book and i really want to be able to get to that place it's one of my favorite things and
0: isn't it it's one of the first things that gets sort of cast
1: aside isn't it yeah
0: immediately there's my cat look say it. look daddy boo say hi to hi He's, oh, hi yeah she says hi she says hang on yeah she says you should she also says you should take a
1: break <laughs> you know what i might listen to her
0: <laughs> god bless you for doing this god bless you for doing this you know, of in some other mental dimension, which I've actually no, of course, <laughs> and um, and honestly, you. Have- I might be a
1: little bit spaced out, so I'm sorry if I was too honest or not honest. No,
0: I, I honestly, it's like, but that's like that's life, isn't it? You know what I mean? Like, and I think it's 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 important. We can't all be, and you're so good at being you know, putting it on and performing, but we can't be like that all the time. I think it's important for the young ladies and stuff, who again, who just think you you, you sprang out of a genie lamp onto a red carpet and that's your life. It's not. I
1: used to pretend like that's what I am like. I was like, yeah, I can travel like eight hours and, you know, put on a dress and like, I'm great. I'm perfect. I used to always say that, but it's not true. I mean, it just something inside of you slowly just crumbles away. It's true. You've got to focus on wellness. It's so important. We don't give each other, we don't give ourselves enough time. Oh,
0: one last thing. You're gonna be 40 next year, right? Yes, ma'am. Welcome, child. Yes, ma'am.
1: How do you feel about it? What are you um, planning? What are you thinking? Conflicted. I'm, I'm kind of conflicted about it because my 30s have been my favorite. Honestly, I found my grounding. I feel my best right now. I look my best right now. But it's also like a daunting age as a number. So, I don't know. It's that I feel like I'm at the best place in my life at the moment, but still, I'm conflicted by the number.
0: <laughs> don't be. You'll wake up. Remember how you woke up after 35? You'll give even less of a shit. Yeah. Than
1: 40. <laughs> yeah. You know,
0: even less of a shit. Nice. In the 40s. I look forward to that. Your face will start falling down a bit, but oh man, the wisdom. <laughs> Thanks for joining me, and Priyanka Chopra Jonas, the very last Ladies First conversation for this year. But wait. After this, we're going to share some of the best fashion moments from my guests over the last 12 months. They're so sparkly. Have fun. This has been Ladies First with Laura Brown. We can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow us so you don't miss an episode and we love your feedback. If you could please rate us and leave us a review, oh, we'd love it. Thanks to our production team at Pod People, Rachel King, Matt Sav, Sam Walker, Danielle Roth, Ann Kane, and Andy Bosnack. And thanks for Brian Anstey, Molly Stout and Hayley Mason at InStyle. You can find out more at InStyle.com. Find us on Instagram at InStyle Magazine, on Twitter at InStyle, and you can find me on Insta and Twitter at laurabrand99. See you next week for more Ladies First with me, LB.